work my way through school. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I have a diploma in nursing, and that's sort of old-fashioned now. So I went back to school to get a bachelor's degree in science. So I have a bachelor's degree from um, SDSU, and then I've been very involved in advocacy. So my advocacy from a healthcare perspective started at the bedside, doing the best you can for the people that you're caring for and the families and their loved ones that are concerned about them. And then I went into a leadership where I my advocacy expanded into advocacy for the um, nursing staff. Oh, wow. So that you provide the best work environment as well as the best care environment. And that advocacy then goes to making sure you have an educated staff that's supported in a, a safe, caring work environment. And that really linked me into public policy. Mm. And I learned quickly that policy drives practice. And so I was very involved with working with our legislators, lobbying for things such as uh, supporting reimbursement for such example diabetic education that helps people stay out of the hospital and instead of the expense of being in the hospital and the ravaging of the disease on their body so that level of advocacy then took me to a graduate degree in public administration and I have a degree um, from USD in that so I call myself a uh, robotie because I'm, I'm a, a, robotie? a coyote and a rabbit. Oh. So I, you know, so what audiences I'm appealing to? Just so if you're a an alumni of either one of those, <laughs> sure. I am as well. Uh, so I've been really engaged in the public policy perspective, and particularly in my role role as the chief executive officer at Lee Debit Regional Hospital uh, for the, a decade, learning and um, the process of reimbursement, the challenges people are up against in obtaining health care, understanding that people make choices between going to see the doctor and paying their heat bill, uh, So, and learning that people are very connected, and I don't care what party you're associated with, I don't care what part of the state or country you live in, when someone is in need and vulnerable, we're all the same people. Our mm -hmm. wants, needs, and fears are the same. So I think we have a common thread uh, to be able to approach the challenges that we have as citizens of the state to make sure that we have a positive future as we move forward. All right. And I know you talked a little bit about your background, but your, did I read this correctly? Was your father a lead miner? Yes, he worked at the Homestead Gold Mine. He actually ran what he is termed as the cages. And actually, he worked in Yates Shaft, and that shaft and that elevator, uh, which is, they're huge, they're big, and they're ca cages because they are open to a degree, um, those are still being used now for the Sanford Lab at Homestead. Wow. So it's really exciting. In fact, I'll give a pitch for Neutrino Day. It's Saturday. I'm taking <laughs> cool. my granddaughter. She's here from Colorado. Uh, you can go and see the Yates shaft there. So he spent his um, most of his adult working life uh, working uh, at the Homestake Gold Mine. Oh, that's fascinating. And speaking of Homestake, you are on... 
you're the board president of the Historic Homestake Opera House? I am past president. I just stepped okay. down this month, um, so this was my first meeting was yesterday that I was not the president, but I'm still on the board. Uh, but I had uh, two years being the president of that board of directors, and that's been eye-opening and really very exciting because the Historic Homestake Opera House, with their vision of restoring that building to its original grandeur, wow. is moving forward, and that's pretty exciting. So you've held high positions in the medical field. How has, uh, I guess this is theater and music as well. Has it been kind of fun to do this? It's been fun and challenging because the model for healthcare is obviously not the same <laughs> as arts and culture oh, and really? restoration of a building. Although I've had some challenges as CEO at Lee Deadwood because yeah. it, it was an aging building and to make sure that you are making the right decisions mm -hmm. for restoring. So I had that component with me, but we had the pleasure of uh, receiving a grant and uh, through the Allied Arts Fund and the executive director there, Sarah Carlson, and I attended two sessions, uh, day and a half sessions in Sioux Falls to understand how to build a business model within the arts culture. Oh. Because a lot of people that are artsy don't necessarily have that business model in their head. So it was really, uh, we were very fortunate and that was uh, grant dollars that we were able to glean. So yeah, that has been, um, there's some s similarities, uh, yeah. but definitely contrasts as well. Always a learning experience. Oh, that's interesting. And could you just touch on a little bit of what kind of a business model that looks like in the art community, the stuff that you learned? Well, what we did is broke it down into... Um, uh, I think we ended up with five. We, we built a strategic roadmap based on, uh, of course, your, your infrastructure and your finance, your leadership, and your mission. And most of the uh, organizations that we worked with, they didn't have a facility component, but because of the destruction of the fire in 1984, mm -hmm. we add a leg to have a restoration facility because that is a big challenge is bringing that building back to oh, wow. where, it, where it used to be. But we're on our way. So That's come by. <laughs> that sounds really great. And all this kind of blends into the um, the civil service role and what you'd be doing in the state senate. Is that going to be an easy transition or a tough one? My whole adult life has been one based on service. So I think that service model is there and also the complexities of state government because really your major components of if you look at the budget for the state of South Dakota it's education, health care and public safety and with public safety is law enforcement is involved in that, roads, yeah. etc. So I feel that I have a good background for that um, in health care uh, in and particularly in leadership in healthcare, you work with law enforcement, and because you just the challenges that face our society, um, we share those challenges with law enforcement as well. So you build those relationships and understand how we're connected. So I don't think it's going to it's certainly a learning curve, um, but I have lobbied and worked with legislators uh, for decades okay. uh, in a role as a registered nurse and in a role as executive management and feel that I have a good working knowledge of the structure of state government mm -hmm. and the challenges that we face. Certainly the challenges 
West River, not to divide the state, but, you know, Lawrence County is different than Brown County. Sure. And so representing the uh, citizens of Lawrence County, uh, we will have common threads, but we also have some unique needs that need to be addressed. And I think that's always a challenge, and if you would look at our seated um, legislators now, they would agree that uh, working, because that population is weighted more on the eastern side of the state. So yeah. that, that piece is there as well. All righty. What else would you like voters to know about you that maybe you haven't got a chance to tell them yet? Or what are some other things you'd like to cover and make them let them be aware of? Thank you. I appreciate that. Actually, I've been sort of contemplating on the message and the understanding of what are the basic needs in South Dakota. And I have uh, understood and and experience the migration of young people out of the state of South Dakota. And if people would look at the demographics of South Dakota and understand that we are starting to have the largest proportion of our citizens are aging instead of young people having children and establishing lives in this state, we need to reverse that trend. And this isn't a new trend, but it is shockingly um, uh, apparent that we have to do something different in order to rebuild the economy of this state. So a plan for the future to have economic stability and to have a quality of life that will both appeal to and keep young people is to provide for education, including early childhood education, which has been shown to be an economic driver, to provide opportunities for access to health care, particularly mental health. Mm -hmm. I would like to see a model much as we have supported having physicians locate in rural uh, underpopulated communities. I'd like to see that same focus be put on behavioral health so we can really address our mental health and addiction issues in the state of South Dakota. Which is be then going into our um Oh, the law enforcement aspect. Yes, and because the law enforcement, yes, we're all tied together yeah. in that piece because the burden on law enforcement well, is Well, the monetary great. burden on the state because of this, too. And uh, I know even Christy Nome talked extensively about this at a meet and greet I went to. But, yeah, she, too, was commenting on the interconnectedness. And a lot of faces kind of went, oh, I yes, see. Yes, and people don't realize that how much um, you are using your resources in crisis management mm -hmm. instead of a plan to provide for a healthy environment and that mental health and recovery are a big piece of that because a healthy child can learn and a healthy adult can work and those are the foundations of our economy and woven in there of course is an open government so everybody understands how we're supporting those processes how we are allocating your tax dollars so that we make sure that we have our, a vision and a mission in this state and that we stay focused on that sure and providing mental health um, is going to save money that research shows generally that it saves money on the back end from states having to spend it for law enforcement for hospital stays for more serious things resulting from their mental illness so a little money on the front end helping these people is going to help in the long run is that correct absolutely and to have a network of support what I have learned I, I had a professional young woman with a grade school age child tell me that she could not there is no longer a counselor in the Lee Debwood area so wow. just take her child to Spearfish so Spearfish 
then residents have a less opportunity because those scheduled appointments are being taken up by residents from the surrounding community and it's nice they can help that Mm -hmm. but it's really a sad commentary that um, even if you have you personally you have the financial resources to seek mental health services the resources are not there and we need to take a look at that I'm a nurse it's body mind spirit if your body doesn't work you know it impacts your spirit and your mind and if your mind doesn't work it impacts your body and your spirit so those are intertwined and you can't have uh, someone that is mentally ill and struggling and have them be physically well in fact statistics will show you that individuals that struggle with mental health are more are more frequently hospitalized with physical health issues mm-hmm. so you, it's just imperative that we broaden our minds and understand that so when we have people out in ranch country what is the answer is it that we have a community center with that available is it that we have telehealth and that is being used in some other settings sure. so certainly your foundation for your resource needs to be a face-to-face but checking in on someone that is helping keep you you know centered uh, with via Skype mm-hmm. might just be the answer but right now we don't have the foundation or the network for that and is that a piece and I don't have all the answers but what I expect that when I take office that I will have colleagues that we work together because great minds make for great solutions sure even Elon Musk with SpaceX is not working alone. He's got teams exactly. Exactly. Well, that's that's yeah. you. If you're smart enough to surround yourself by the right people, yeah. that's really the direction you need to go. Well, we talked about small towns a little bit, and you know, getting physicians to rural areas and things like that. And I remember seeing a big news article online that mentioned. Um, women having to go for child care all the way down to rapid even though they're way up past newell and people were commenting on this uh online reddit i'll give a shout out to that little piece of software i use and people were commenting all over it they just boggled their mind that someone would have to drive three hours for basic pregnancy care and for some people out here they're just kind of like well that's what it is you know at least it's only three hours but getting these rural towns to a place of economic health they seem to just be declining there was also another study that i think just the vast majority of small towns were declining economically were declining in population how you know what's your opinion on that small town decline in South Dakota? The revitalization is um, a desire, I think, among all of us Mm -hmm. because that the small town settings I think we all relate to that M- many of us you know we have a couple of big cities that have tertiary level um, health care facilities mm-hmm. and and how do we promote health and wellness in the surrounding communities it is really a struggle to maintain health care facilities and how do we build that structure because the death knoll to a town is closing its schools and its hospitals. Sure. And what is a hospital? I mean, how do we look at those models now? And I know there has been federal monies. There is a county in Montana that put together a very um, vibrant medical home model, which indicates that it all of your needs are met within that area. So you have, you don't just have a place where you go to the doctor and a place where you go get social services, but that every, it's a it's a team that is meshed really? together so that your mental health, your physical health, you know, your social needs, people mm-hmm. understand um, 
that where you are then referenced, but you're not referred to someone 150 miles away. Okay. You're referred to someone within the core of that medical home model. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the answers that some of communities have taken on because it's be real you can't support a hospital in every community but can you have a clinic that has mid-level practitioners with nurse practitioners and physician assistants that are highly skilled and capable of care, delivering that level of care mm -hmm. that can be done so that's where you know the model there we enticed our doctors to small towns let's expand on that and provide a uh, larger web for people to be to provide a safety net and people to access their health care sure. needs. Well, speaking of those small towns, you've got St. Ange in your district to Spearfish to Lead and Deadwood. These are, you know, there's a lot of variations between these communities. Is, do they all offer? Um, is it going to be difficult to work with all those different demographics, or is this a thing of dynamics and variety, and that's a strong point to your district? I think it's a very strong point, and it's exciting. Uh, you'll see me, if you go to my website, you can see pictures of my 56 Chevy, which I named Gracie a few decades ago. I would high-five you if you weren't five feet away from me right now. <laughs> it's been a fun. We, have, we had Gracie in the parade, and um, I'm, as long as the weather holds, I'll be on the road when I start doing door-to-door. But what I want to do is hear what people have to say. Sure. I went to, uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to Spearfish to their, their Friday evening um, confab and met people. And I really want to hear from people. And I learned from some young people. I wanted to live here. I wanted to work here. They were from out of state. They came to school here. And it's like, it was darn hard for me to find a position so I could carry on a life in the Black Hills. Mm -hmm. And... It, for them to express that to me, I thought, wow, that is that's very telling, looking at, you have statistics in front of you that tell you the migration out. But when you hear it from a young person that is so enthusiastic about building their life in the Black Hills and how difficult it was to get that life started, that's a message to us that these young people don't want to go. Yeah. And, and so where are the thoughts of people in St. Ange, which I remember driving through, I've driven through St. Ange episodically because I think it's just fascinating the loop, the St. Ange, Whitewood Balfouche oh, loop, yeah. you know, and Spearfish, so, you know, you have Black Hill State University, you have the the lab at Homestake you have hospitality and gaming in Deadwood, you have the ranch community surrounding St. Ange, Whitewood area, mm -hmm. and, and but once again we all share the same goals as far as providing a solid lifestyle and one that in which people embrace the values that we all espouse in this state. So the values of hard work and education and being connected with the land, um, I think those are threads that hold us all together. Sure. So I don't see that there's, it's different but they're not in conflict, right. I guess I would say. You're kind of painting this picture of overall, you know, a place that's healthy, economically successful, and, um, you know, gets the small towns a little bit more back on their feet, which I think would apply to all these areas, even though they have their differences. Um, just a little bit, anybody who is just tuned in, we are talking to Sherry B. Smith. She is running for District 31 State Senate in South Dakota. Again, we'll have all this stuff up on KBFS.com, probably rolling around tomorrow. Don't be afraid to check it out 
check us out on Facebook. I am taking video as well, so this will be available on YouTube. You are actually the Democratic candidate for District 31. And I believe Bob Ewing, yep, Bob Ruin, Ewing is the incumbent for that. Um, is there, what's, how come you decided to run on the Democratic ticket? How come that's your party affiliation, and how does this affect, um, I guess, your views and how you'd help District 31? I was raised um, in a household that believed in strong work values, mm -hmm. and I was raised to believe that the Democratic Party was the party for the working person. I've worked my whole life, and I think that that party is one that looks at the foundations um, of a government that supports, it's not welfare, but supports people and provides all individuals the opportunity to succeed. Mm -hmm. Because my vision is that we provide a community with an economy that we don't have to have people on public assistance. I, had, I lived on food stamps for about a year and a half when we lived in Vermilion and my husband was a student mm -hmm. and my daughter was a baby. And I knew at that time as a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, that I, my plan was to be successful enough that I would pay enough taxes back that would more than pay for the price of the food stamps that we used. And I did that. And I had the opportunity to go to school. I had the opportunity to receive student loans. I had the opportunity to receive um, uh, scholarships through the Critical Care Nurses Association. I was able to do those. Those are all pieces of the great American dream that I'm afraid is going away. And that great American dream are uh, reflects the values that I was raised and I continue to believe to be the values of the Democratic Party. Okay. So generally, most Republicans will go, oh, a Democrat. And then, you know, there's that big kind of rift there. What would you say to somebody to kind of bridge that rift and go, you know, here's, it may not be what you think. It's actually a little more like this. Are there main topics that um, a Republican Democrat, or at least in your idea, would see similarly? Or is there just a big rift between the two parties? I think particularly when you look at the state level, it is evident that our goals are the same. Okay. And I think that the uh, temptation to go to the Washington Beltway is pretty overwhelming. And, and even in conversations with my friends, mm -hmm. of, which is a mix, there, you know, I, I have uh, I have Labradors and Great Danes. You know, I have friends that are Republicans. I have friends that are Independents. Mm -hmm. I have friends that are Democrats. I have friends that are not don't have a, a claim party. And as we speak to the issues, we all understand the issues. And sometimes our belief in how we approach those can be different. But it's always about understand first to understand where people are coming from. What are your fears? What are your economic pressures? What are the challenges you have as a young parent? So that we can share that understanding. I just don't believe that we are that different at our core. Uh, philosophically, how you sometimes we you drift apart and don't always agree on everything. Mm -hmm. But I have friends and family that we share the same party values. We don't always agree on everything either. <laughs> you sure. know, but it's a matter of working together and keep the dialogue open. I'm a strong proponent of dialogue. And that's one big reason I am running is so we have 
dialogue. There needs to be a voice that says, how about this? How about this? Have we thought about this? You know, we're looking at the migration of, of our young people out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a concern to you, regardless of if you have an R or a D after your name? And where do we go from here to fix that? I have Republican friends that I need my Republican friends to vote for me, and I expect that they will because I think they believe in me and that they know that I would have an open door for communication and concerns. If I'm off track, I've actually uh, experienced this uh, in <laughs> leadership. You know, I, I loved my career, and I tried to build an environment in which my staff could say, uh, you're crazy. Because <laughs> I don't know how much yeah. craziness we'll talk in the legislature, but dialogue is really, really important and does not whatever your affiliation, and particularly in the state of South Dakota, the independent registration is really moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so what's the message? The message isn't, I'm a Democrat and I believe in this. My message is, I am a citizen of this state. I am registered in Lawrence County. I feel that I have a message and a vision that I share with many of the people. And let's move forward and have a discussion about where we go from here. Sure. Well, that's great. And a lot of people... You know, you mentioned dialogue and everything like that. They can generally, when people get upset about something, they'll talk about it amongst themselves. But now in this age of technology, it's as simple as sending an email, a tweet, you know, a message comment. So hearing from that vast multitude of different people around District 31, are do you use a lot of technology in that way? I know your website is very top rate and your daughter's the web developer on that and that's fantastic right i have a website uh mm-hmm. facebook page and mm-hmm. uh, instagram which is less a little less because facebook really is the primary sure um and uh the ability to contact and i'm going to be out and about so we really are relying on uh, social media because that's a conduit the days of people sitting down at a phone bank and calling people mm-hmm. those days are over you people have cell phones people don't have landlines unless you live on a mountain like i do where you can get reception so you have a landline as well yeah um so and that happens with out in rural areas i understand that so that social media connection but face to face is a lot of it and i want people to be able to contact me and communicate with me and that's one of the beauties of a website mm-hmm. is that they can connect into i have a i have a, a campaign email site and that people can reach that on my um through facebook or they can reach it through my website and does that go directly to you or does that go to somebody you have managing it well it goes to i have access and i do have a communications coordinator in my campaign because i need someone to be able to pull that together or if we're sending out a message saying sherry b is going to be talking to alexa you know um (laughs) on uh wednesday morning so that they can be posting at it and my time is spent doing one-on-ones with my constituents Mm -hmm. instead of uh, being in front of the computer. So I have great support with that. But that technology is wonderful, and it is supplanting some of the uh, processes of your, however, seeing people and connecting with people cannot be replaced. So my Chevy and I are going to be out 
Chevy. down. That's right. Yeah, my <laughs> 56 Chevy. Well, what else should we let folks know? Um, again, if you just tuned in, we're talking to Sherry B. Smith, the Democratic candidate for State Senate Di- District 31 here in South Dakota. And um, she's also going to add some other stuff that we should know. So go ahead. I'm just going to, uh, if they want to learn more about me, and also I want to know what you think, because there is the contact us component of my website. Mm-hmm. It is uh, Sherry B. Smith District 31.com. So it's S H E R R Y B as in Bob E A S M I T H District 31.com. So take a look at that and tell me what you think because I want to know what's on the minds of the people in Lawrence County. I know a lot of folks, but I don't know everyone and I don't know how everyone's thinking. So I would really look forward to an opportunity to hear from you that way. Or if I'm on the street, I'm out and about, please come by and say hi and uh, let me know your thoughts about the issues that challenge you in the state of South Dakota and the county of Lawrence, which is the District 31. Mm -hmm. It's a very pure district so it's nicely bordered uh, because of the borders of Lawrence County and I really appreciate the opportunity this morning Alexa thank you so very much oh thank you for joining us all right well that was Sherry B Smith again district 31 Democratic candidate there for South Dakota State Senate if you've enjoyed this don't be afraid to check it out on the podcast tomorrow or on our YouTube channel as well but for now we're gonna get you back to the Laura Ingram show and then Katie will actually have your news and weather today at noon so stay Stay tuned. More fun stuff coming up.